Welcome, everybody, to Sippin' and Shippin'. I'm your host, Brian Weinstein. We'll be kicking it here every other Friday, quenching your thirst for an insider's take to enhance your customer experience. So grab your drink of choice, kick back, it's Sippin' and Shippin' time. All right, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Sippin' and Shippin'. I am your host, Brian Weinstein, and with me, as she always is, my co-host, Caitlin Postal. Hey, Brian. Hey, Caitlin. We're rocking 2022. That's right. We are 2022. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. I am feeling, yes, I'll go with that. <laughs> I'm about as far away from 22 as you can be, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, it, mentally, I'm 22. <laughs> so I never would have thunk it, but but here we are starting season two of Sippin' and Shippin'. Very am, exciting. Season two. It's who, you know what, and and we actually had more listeners than my parents and your parents, which is exciting as well. That's what they tell us. I mean, I'm hoping to gain some more this year with some uh, interesting subject matter experts. Yeah, and, and, you know, special thanks out to all of our, our, all of the subject matter experts that came on last year. And, you know, I know, Caitlin, we've talked about this, but uh, to me, the best part about doing this podcast is the stuff that we're learning, because uh, obviously, you know, there the these are areas that we not might not be well versed in, and I, you know, I thought that was invaluable to me last year to learn this stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, you took the words out of my mouth. I was thinking, like, even the topics that we weren't so well versed on, just to be able to engage with these folks that are just operating on such a caliber, just really experts and and thought leaders in our industry. It, it was great. Yeah, and I think it challenged us. I mean, I, you know, we, we make it look so easy, but but people don't realize all of the research that we're doing behind the scenes to at least get conversational on these things. So I think that was that helped a lot in the learning process. 100%. Yeah, so we kicked off last year with, with some, uh, some contact around e-commerce brands, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we, we came into this and – Look, the whole concept here is, and I'm sure we can talk to Rich and Mary, for those of you who don't know, really help us put this podcast together. They've been, they were been fantastic. And you certainly, I'm sure there's areas uh, that, that you can reach out and ask us questions if you have any follow-ups on any of the episodes from last year. Um, but the, the, the subject matter experts and what they're here for is really to, to go out to the group of people that we're targeting and saying, hey, look, here's some information that's not something readily available or readily known in the industry. And I thought they did a great job of that last year. Definitely dropped some gems, even stuff that I wasn't too uh, sure on. Yes, yes, and 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 some of it is really at the t- is is extremely timely. Like you know, when we did the Brexit, talking about UK and EU. I mean, you you, you can't get uh, you can't get subject matter that's uh, like that. A subject matter expert like that, that you can go, I mean, was it two episodes? Yeah, we had a bonus episode just because I think everyone was just kind of, their heads were spinning just to how to wrap their minds around these changes and who better than a subject matter expert just to really put everything in perspective and in line uh, to educate us and, and the brands alike. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, Sean King uh, from, from King's Vat, obviously, they, they, they know their stuff. And, and and it's still, by the way, still very relevant today because all those rules still apply. You know, we're, we're over a year later in the UK and the EU. I think we're six months later. So it's, you know, a lot of it is still very topical information. Yeah, and I think that parcel space is just going to continue to evolve 
Um, I know we've heard some changes coming down the pike with, with Canada and some other international locations. So that'll be interesting to see how folks can stay on top of it because it really is essential to their business. You know, once they start, uh, I think Canada's always folks, especially that are domestically based here in the U.S., Canada's that low-hanging fruit, uh, pun intended, right there, right. our friends up north. So why yeah. not just uh, take advantage of those 60 million consumers up in that market? Exactly right. You know, and, and parcel is such an important part of e-commerce that I, I know we had at least two episodes last year that that touched on that. Um, and, and, you know, some of it was just around the, 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 you know, what's going on in the parcel market, which I'm sure we're going to have more episodes this year, uh, you know, touching on regional carriers and others that are outside of the that are really outside of the, of, of the big major carriers um but it, it's it's so impactful and there was so much going on there and you know the end of the year we had an episode towards the end of the year how is it going to hold up and you know what i think it it held up it wasn't perfect we're far it's far from perfect still but we got through it yeah we sure did it was great to have sean kim skim shady shout out to him our resident uh parcel expert here at whiplash um but i think that that was something that we saw at the end of 20. 21 that folks thought that we were going to see this crazy spike again like we have in the past black friday cyber monday how will the parcel carriers be able to handle it all but i guess that's not really what we saw right brian no no we didn't and 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 you know the parcel carriers overall i think they were helped by waving by really raising their hands and saying hey we're, we're going to struggle i think they were helped by the brands i think the brands got smart and said hey look we're not going to run all of our sales uh that that last week or so of november and then drive that through mid-december and they pulled back and started earlier yeah raising hands raising rates all towards the initiative to just get those parcels out earlier than later Exactly, exactly. And, you know, we, we touched mid-season. We had some of our own resident uh, experts on the on the whiplash side and Andrew Bagwell and Mike uh, Mike Vendetti to come in and talk about peak planning um, and getting getting information, hiring people, getting information out to the customers so they can get it out to their end consumer. And I think that all started to play a role in shaping that that the peak holiday season. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we still see it. I know Mike talked about it a lot on the episode that we talked about labor planning for peak. Labor continues to be a constraint, even here in 2022. It, it does. And and I think what it's saying, well, uh, you know, you've got one, the demand is still very high, right? Demand is high. So even though um, all, all the subsidy payments coming out from the government, all that was handled, um, which was really necessary through the COVID period, that's all come to an end. The demand has remained so high that labor continues to be a struggle. And it's and it's not in a particular region. It's it's really, it's it's all throughout the country. Yeah, and I think the pandemic put folks in a position where if they were um, – had the opportunity to work from home you know they see those different options different routes to go and still be able to support themselves and their family which is fantastic and i know in our space you know especially with this uh, younger generation maybe they don't want to be pick packing and shipping they want to be you know in the comfort of their own home so now automation comes into play and i know it's a a heavy topic and, and at the forefront of a lot of folks minds here in the fulfillment space just how can we leverage automation i, I think that's something that's going to continue to just be very relevant this sounds like an episode. This sounds I mean, like a future episode. Rich, Mary, who can we get? Let's get it. Let's get them. Let's uh, tackle this subject. 
We're gonna we're gonna book some subject matter experts here for sure in in that area because it's to your point, Caitlin. The only way we're gonna offset some of the labor. I, look, we're it's never gonna be a labor less role, right? What right, we do right. what we do is very labor driven. However, there's ways to offset it that will help alleviate some of the labor uh, constraints uh, that that we're facing right now, and I think that's going to be important to look at. Uh, but you know, it wasn't all about fulfillment, right? I mean, it wasn't all about the actual operations. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about importance of things like headless commerce, right. which I will tell you, after a 60-minute episode, and it was great to have Todd Welling and Andrew Potkowitz on. Uh, I'm still not sure I fully understand it, but that's okay because I think it was valuable to those that are out there and, and do understand it. It was very important to them. Um, and then we had things, you know, with uh, with micro influencers and 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 how they can play a role. And you know, all of this really brought the content um, and what's important, I think, to to our target audience uh, to the surface. Yeah, I think, you know, you can't ship orders without a presence. You don't get a presence without marketing. For Rich Reba, I know it's all about marketing. For other folks, it's about marketing, too. You know, getting the name out there, building the brand, building a community. Um, I know that we had, um, what's his name, from, uh, Young Nails, and just this great success. Oh, that, Sabib. Yes, yep. yes. Um, yep. Just, you know. Wow, starting from a couple hundred followers up to a million plus and just continuing to build that community, so important. Yeah, I'm sorry, I think it's Habib. Habib, say hello. Um, yes, and and he he was great. And, 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 you know, the way he builds his content around his community, I, I, I just thought was fantastic. Like he's really just catering to his audience. And, and he understands exactly what they're looking for, what's going to be valuable to them. And he's not afraid to take a shot on something for marketing because he's like, we're putting it out all the time. If it doesn't, if it doesn't resonate, so what? We move on. Yeah. And I think authenticity was just a huge part of it too. Like folks are calling it out. They know when you're just looking for those likes, looking for those clicks versus putting out something that's really important to you and building the brand. And just like we, what we try and do in all these episodes, just continue to bring value day in and day out. Yeah, and I, you know, and, and from an authenticity perspective, I, I mean, we had Eric Gerard on um, from from Brunt Workwear, who I, I've told you this many times, Caitlin, is that's that episode was sort of near and dear to me because I, yeah. I, I sort of feel like I, I grew up um, in that sort of that that blue collar. I mean, started out as a small 3PL industry, uh, 3PL company. It was a family company, and we were, you know, very very hands on. And so that resonated with me and how he not only brought a brand to life, but he br brought a brand to life in an underserved market and, and some of the obstacles that he was faced with and, and that he had to overcome. Yeah, absolutely. I love that story, too. And just to see them continue to succeed. Uh, Brunt Workwear, for those of you who, who aren't aware, check them out. A fantastic brand that just continues to be boots to the ground, literally, figuratively, um, just really resonating with the with – the, with the folks there uh, doing their thing. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was the year was 2021 was just a, a fantastic year overall for, for in the e-commerce space. Um, I think the way people are selling uh, is, is continuing to evolve and will continue to evolve. And, and you know what, we've, we've got to stay in pace with it or get out in front of it. But, um, but overall, the year was was not 
obviously not without its struggles. Again, parcel ports, the ports, the ports. I mean, this is this is a, still an, an ongoing saga um, that hopefully will start to alleviate towards the end of this year. Um, it's it's that's that's going to be a big part of uh, really how the supply chain goes. Is really going to go back uh, how the port goes, the supply chain goes. Um, but you know, so, but sales remained heavy. And now as we start to move towards 2022, what do you think? Oh man. Uh, put me on the spot. Yeah. Put me on the spot. (laughs) Why don't you? Um, I don't think this train is stopping. I think that retail is definitely redefining itself. I think that folks that were nimble, that were in retail wholesale, were able to transition into e-com. But on in that same breath, you know, folks who are really living and breathing digitally native brands are now coming out with some concepts to bring people into the space and just do it different, which I love. Just yep. what what makes it different and and make it personable personal and personable i guess um to the end users um which which i think is fantastic that's right that's right and look there there's there's challenges going on right now you've got conflict in the world um you you've got the the threat of inflation in the u.s specifically you know there are going to be challenges but you know, listen, the pandemic was a challenge. Uh, life is full of challenges. And, and what I'm finding now, what I see, especially in this space, is we we continue to embrace the entrepreneurs, the ones who are out there, you know, trying and bringing, bringing their brands and their verticals out into the forefront. And I, and I, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. No, no way. I think it's just going to continue to to grow bigger and bigger, um, seeing just disruption in different markets where you other otherwise thought were kind of dead or, or weren't going anywhere. But uh, it's going to be interesting this year just to see how how we continue to evolve in this space. Yeah, and, and I see the consumers continuing to to reward those who find who who find that niche, who find that space in the market who are who are out there doing something different and 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 that's that's the difference you know and this is no knock against brick and mortar it is it is what it is but when you have brick and mortar you've got people that curate the collections of whatever they whatever it is whether it's whether it's electronics whether it's fashion there there is a select group of people that are curating that as opposed to the the, the population at large who is making those decisions um, and and I really do believe that they will continue to reward entrepreneurs who find their niche, their gap in the market, and and, and go out there and produce a product that produce a product that people like, that deliver it in a way that people uh, uh, appreciate, and and that are delivering a trustworthy experience. Yeah, and I think it also just has to resonate with. The end users, what, what's their values? What's their core beliefs? You know, another buzzword, which I think is a few years back, but we heard a lot of last year, sustainability, you know, carbon offsetting. We had we had a, an episode on that. Just um, and then you talk about in that space, delivering that that product D to C. What does the packaging look like? Am I able to to contribute to make a donation add on in the cart? Uh, to continue to support those things that I believe in as a end user. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and again, the world, everything is uh, the, the, the world is evolving in that sense of the, the consumerism and I, I may have just made up a word there, um, but, but it, it, is, it is evolving and, and how you're selling online versus retail. I mean, we had uh, Brian Beck on for an episode last year talking about channel conflict, right? It, you know, it used to be, and again, this is not a knock on retail, but it used to be that 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 what they said was gospel. And, and as a brand, you you did that. But you know what? You're, you're getting so much traction from your own websites, from each other's websites. You, you, there has to be harmony. There has to right. be harmony. You have to have that ability to sell. Right. And then we also had Johan Jacob on talking about when is the right time? How do you make that transition going from D to C into retail wholesale? Does it make sense? And then, right, Brian comes in with the Brian Beck with the next episode, like, okay, well, let's see about uh, channel conflict. So uh, it's definitely a balance, a tricky balance, but one that I think a lot of uh, forward-thinking merchants have been able to nail pretty effectively. Yeah, and and look, I, I the there are definitely going to be brands who stay holistic, right? And they are looking to they are looking to find a way to just stay digitally native. But then there's a a whole bunch of others who are saying, look, I, at at the very least, I can use retail as sort of a, another marketing avenue, right? To get my products out there expose some of my items, but then, you know, keep the rest. So there's, there's a way to balance it. Yeah. Right. And then, or have a brick and mortar location so that you can have the people who bought online go in and drop off their package if they want to return it or have an exchange, right? Returns, the, the returns revolution. Uh, we have third party providers that are just elevating, making, you know, certain people want to go the friction list route. Some people want to create some friction. And I yeah. know it's something that's, that, that you've seen the evolution of personally. Yes, yes, because I, I do remember once upon a time when e-commerce was very, very early on, it was like, let's make it as difficult as we can for them <laughs> to return the product. And, and yeah. you know, I'm, tw I'm twisting my mustache in the corner, by the way. Right. Saying, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but now it's the, it's the exact opposite. It's like, how can we make this so easy because we want our customers to feel so comfortable buying from us that everything from start to finish is is just smooth as silk like how do we do that and and the returns is a big platform and you know we we had um we had happy returns on last year and and i think that was a that was a great episode and, and we're we're looking to have some more conversations this year about returns because it's, it is an important part of the experience yeah and it's definitely going to stay a part of the experience right if, if they want to if, if folks want to continue to capture and gain those brand loyalists, um, I know I'm apprehensive even because I don't want to order a ton of stuff and then have to send it back. It just sounds like so draining. But when they make it that easy for you and even now people, some merchants are even allowing you to try it before you buy it. Right, which, right. Which I think is cool, you know, especially in these economic times. People don't want to tie up their funds. Of course, you're going to give them a refund. But, hey, let me let me uh, let me try it on. Right. Exactly right. Exactly right. Well, so the the nice part about when we had when we had David Sobey from from Happy Returns on is you know we we probably started in the industry at, at similar times, so he remembered that whole experience too, and it was just nice to talk about how much that's changed. But yeah, I think there's going to be a, a lot more that's going to continue to evolve there, and I I do believe that that try it before you buy it 
model is going to start to take off, especially with a bigger ticket item. Right. right where where it might make a lot more sense and uh you know that could that could be that could be uh an an episode later this year as well yeah i mean we see it all the time right the higher the price point the higher the average order value the higher the return rate so why not just you know grab a hold of those people that are filling the cart and hold on tight and hope maybe they uh they keep some of that stuff yeah, exactly right exactly right so you know some of my goals for 2022 really are just to continue to find the subject matter experts that we can bring on that are adding value. Um, you know, we talk about it too, and you know, this is not a shameless plug, but you know, we talk as we're selling into whiplash, we're always looking for, you know, entrepreneurs that people that are, you know, that you're, you're, you're excited about the brand. There's so much going on there and there could be a multitude of different reasons. It could be the product itself. It could be the, the leadership team. It, it, there's a, there's a whole bunch of, of different things that kind of give us that that the warm and fuzzies about a brand, uh, you know. Same thing here for for the sipping and shipping podcast. It's uh, you know more about what we want to do. So you, so listen, it gives you and I the opportunity to continue to learn. A hundred percent, and I, I look forward to that as well. And then you talk about you know subject matter experts, and we tapped into some of our resources within the Whiplash team. So now with the uh, I think it would be. Uh, you know, we have, if we, we can't talk about 2021 without talking about the highlight of what happened uh, to us as an organization back in, in December. And now we have a whole new group of folks that maybe we could tap into for some uh, as some thought leaders. Yes. So just to uh, address the elephant in the room, we as, as many of you probably read, Whiplash was acquired by Rider Systems uh, in December. Um, super excited after a, a, a long and very successful journey with our PE group, who was extremely supportive. It was just that time, and um, we were sold into Rider in December. And you know, aside from the you know tens of thousands of additional listeners that we get just by default, because <laughs> it's all about sipping you know, and shipping, as we know. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I mean, just yeah. with their the employee base. No so, wonder why we got that spike, the demand, might, the demand exactly, for us to come back. <laughs> exactly. I, I've actually, all joking aside, I've gotten emails from a bunch of people at Ryder who are like, hey, can you give me the link to the episodes that we really want to go and listen? I want to, you know, educate myself more in, in this e-commerce space. Nice. And, and so, yeah, um, we're, we're looking forward to it there. You know, we're going to get a lot, uh, a lot of resources um that as you know sometimes as you get to the end of your cycle with a PE group don't necessarily come along um we're in a really good position right now uh i know rider wants us to take this this e-commerce this whiplash e-commerce uh offering uh to a to a whole other level but continue to stick to our knitting which is nice which is going after emerging to enterprise brands um and it's really it's really what's made us successful so we're going we're going to stick to that um, but I, I'm excited about what the future holds uh, with the resources and the additional funding that we're going to get. Sponsor, sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Rich, take notes. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it, it is super exciting. I'm glad that they let us uh, continue to, to do this because I know it, it's important to, to, to not even our teams, but just folks out there that we engage with on a day-to-day -day basis, right? We're having the conversations. We're working the sales process. We're hearing the pain points. We're understanding new technologies, new solutions that are coming to the forefront. So why not share that with the greater audience, with our community that we're hopefully building here uh, to just continue to uh, educate not only ourselves, but some of uh, some of our colleagues. Yeah, no, I, I I can't agree with you more. I again, and I just continue to stress that education part. Uh, you know, that's that's the purpose of this podcast, uh, and it's obviously not just to educate you and I. Uh, I'm probably a lost cause. Maybe maybe there's still hope for you, but uh, for for the for the for the audience in general, uh, I think it's it's you know the goal here is just to bring is to just bring more information because uh, information is knowledge. Knowledge is power. And I'm going to end it on that note. So welcome back, everybody, to another season of Sipping and Shipping. Looking forward to it. Uh, hope you tune in. We'll have episodes uh, sometime starting over the next couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll keep you we'll keep you tuned in to what's coming up uh, with our normal cadence of announcements, but set to begin soon. Uh, Caitlin, you want to take us out? Sure. Yeah. Super excited for this season. Maybe we'll throw in some more sipping. Definitely going to be doing a ton of shipping. Uh, so make sure you check us out at sippinandshipping.com on Spotify, Anchor, or whatever uh, platform that you like to listen to your podcast on, guys. Make sure you check us out. Looking forward to this season. Thanks, Brian. All right. Thanks, Caitlin. Bye, everybody.